Thank you. Can I use this up here? Is that? Yes. yes. Do you want that up this water? Oh, brilliant. It's a clicker. Fantastic. It's a clicker yeah, and everything. It Great. Good morning. So, so good to be back here with you at Solihull Christian Fellowship. I love coming here, um, partly because I don't have to travel very far, because uh, I live in King's Heath, but I also um, love being with you. Um, just an incredible... Every time I come here, I always feel really blessed. I always, um, through the worship time, I always feel I could go home now, because I um, just experienced God afresh and um, amongst us, and it's just um, fantastic. Talking about feeling uncomfortable, last week I was speaking at a church in Bedworth, and the, the pastor of the church handed me um, a bottle of sparkling water before I got up to speak. I thought, that's very kind of him. Um, I just I Literally, as I, was, as I was being announced, I thought, I'll just take a little swig, opened it up, and half the bottle ended up all over me. I'm pretty sure he kind of dropped it or something um, before he, or shook it up before he gave it to me. And um, I got up in front of the church looking like I'd wet myself. Um, I was feeling very uncomfortable. Uh, but you know what? Something, I've been thinking about that all this week. And there's something about that that I believe is prophetic for what God is wanting to do in our church in the nation. I believe there is a shaking going on. And that shaking is for a reason, it's for a purpose. It might feel really uncomfortable, but actually it's so that Jesus can, can squirt out in our world, in our community, in the places we are. And um, I just believe that God is doing something um, in the church in the UK, and I believe he's doing that here too in Solihull Christian Fellowship. Do you believe that? Fantastic. It was great. So good to be I brought a few things that um, in, on the table out there. Please help yourself to them. They're free of charge to you and um, would love you to have them. I, I, I think I'd bring God's Smuggler most times just because it's my favourite book um, of all time. Brother Andrew, who founded Open Doors many years ago, wrote it and he wrote another chapter just recently to bring it up to date. My dad read it to me when I was nine years old on holiday when we were going, um, I wanted to go surfing every morning, but he decided after breakfast he would read another chapter of God's Smuggler. And when he got to the end of each chapter, I was like, Dad, don't stop, keep going. So, so good. And um, it really impacted me even at the age of nine. So if you have children here around that kind of age, it's a great book for them too that will really inspire um, and, and encourage them. So do, um, do please do take that. Um, as you know, we, um, many of you are aware of, because I've been here and told you about it so many times, we, we, we uh, produced the World Watch list, which shows the top 50 countries. I don't know if you could um, click it on for me. I'm not sure if I'm getting this working, but that would be great. There's 245 million uh, Christians in our world today who are persecuted for their faith. And that's quite high levels of persecution in countries where they're at risk or where they are severely um, uh, put aside. Um, and that's 245 million of our brothers and sisters in our world today who suffer those kind of things. And if you go to the next slide, this is the World Watch map. It shows the top 50 countries in the world where it's most dangerous to live as a Christian. And um, this little booklet will just take you through each one. North Korea being number one, has been now for the last 18 years. And it will give you just a, a little bit of information about that country. Um, some uh, three prayer requests, three things to pray for. 
And uh, it's just very simple. But many people take a country each week just to pray for our brothers and sisters, our family in those countries, to stand with them and let them uh, know that they're not alone. So I do encourage you to take one of those. Having said that, we are launching a new one in January. So if you'd like to get the new one, then um, just give us your name and address on this form here and put World Watch List, and I'll make sure that you get the brand new one in January if you want that sent to you. Um, we launch it each year in Parliament, and um, we, this, is the, this is what we produced for the MPs that came. We thought that there would be no MPs coming because the day our launch was happening was the day of, um, of the, the, the vote of no confidence in Theresa May. And um, we just thought, oh, no, no one's going to turn up. But we had about 100 MPs come that day because they wanted to support what we're doing and wanted to actually stand with our brothers and sisters around the world, which I think is pretty fantastic. And um, we're going to be doing the same again this year, this January. Um, in, in, so, yeah, so if, you, if you'd like to know what the MPs had, then please do take a copy. Um, you may want to, after today, think, well, you know, I gave a gift in the offering and I want to say thank you on behalf of our brothers and sisters around the world. Thank you so much for your ongoing prayers, your ongoing support for our brothers and sisters. I tell you what, if you could go and see them and, and see how much they, they, they appreciate the body of Christ around the world for standing with them, um, you would be amazed. Because they, they're just to know that they're not alone, that there are people, that there are family around the world who have not forgotten them means the world to them. And um, this is a, a little letter-writing guide. I don't know if you've ever tried writing a letter to um, some of our brothers and sisters around the world, but this little leaflet will help you do that if you'd like to, and it means a lot to them to receive those letters, so that will do that. Finally, I think I might have brought this last time, but I'll share it again for those who haven't got one. This is um, a little resource which many people um, all over the UK have used this year. It's the size of what we call a sock Bible. Um, in North Korea, they have sock Bibles that they keep in their sock. And this is, it's the same size as one of those. They, you don't get the whole Bible. Um, they basically have a book or a couple of books of the Bible that they will keep with them. And then when they've read that, they'll pass it on and they'll pass them around. So that's the, often the way they do it. Sometimes they'll keep their Bible in a, in a jar of rice. Sometimes they'll keep it hidden in the ground and will dig it up maybe once a week. And uh, when there's no one around at night time, they'll put a blanket over their head and with a torch, they'll read the word of God and it will feed them and they'll memorize it. And then for the rest of the week, they'll go, they will remember what they've read. And then if they're fortunate, they might go back a week later and dig the Bible up again and read it again. I tell you what, let's never ever lose the the, the great the, to be thankful to God for the freedom we have and the way we are able to access the word of God so easily and so freely let's, let's, let's not take that for granted but this, um, this booklet just gives you each day just a little a, a verse of scripture and um, a reflection from the persecuted church and then a response so a prayer response and um, it's just something very short for each day of the year and um, this is a great time to get one of these because you could start it afresh next year in January for 2020. Um, so do take one of those. One of the things we ask, though, is you, for you to consider, and you may have already put it in the offering, and so if you have, that's fine. 
Um, but £10, it, we, it costs £10 to, to smuggle a Bible to countries like North Korea. We kind of worked it out. And um, so we say to people, if you'd like to have one of those, then why not, why not also pay for a Bible for someone who, who, who may not be able to get hold of one? that we can smuggle out to them. And, and you've probably already done that in the offering, so feel free just to already, uh, you know, just to take one of those. That would be fantastic. Great. I'm just going to show you a short video now which shows the top five countries on the world watch list and just gives you a little idea of what it could be like to live in those countries. Let's watch that video now. Imagine being arrested because you own a Bible, or finding that the government has suddenly closed down your church. Imagine being denied education or employment because you're a Christian, or being thrown into prison just because you told someone about Jesus. Imagine being forced out of your home because of your faith, or living in a country where there's absolutely no freedom of belief. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Yet this is the cost of faith for millions of Christians around the world. Every day they pay this price with courage and hope. And these are the top five countries where their faith costs the most. Number five, Pakistan. In Pakistan, an estimated 700 Christian women and girls are abducted every year. Any Christian can find themselves accused of blasphemy and end up in jail or attacked by an angry mob. But even though churches have been bombed and attacked, Pakistani Christians continue to meet together and shine God's light. Number 4. Libya In the lawless state of Libya, militant Islamists attack Christians with impunity. Desperate Christian migrants have been killed or sold into slavery. Yet despite the danger, Libyans are still coming to Christ. Number 3. Somalia In Somalia, just being suspected of being a Christian can lead to instant execution. But brave Christians still gather in small groups, constantly changing the location of their meetings to avoid detection. Number 2. Afghanistan There are only a few thousand Christians in Afghanistan and they keep their faith hidden. Anyone known to follow Jesus can face violence from their family or tribe. But even here, people encounter Christ through radio programs or, miraculously, in dreams. Number 1. North Korea North Korea is number one for the 18th consecutive year. In this land, the leaders are worshipped as gods. Christians are viewed as enemies of the state. Some 50 to 70,000 Christians are imprisoned in labor camps. Hannah was sent to a North Korean labor camp because of her faith. I was praying with my eyes closed and the guard was beating me, saying, Why are you trying to pray? Are you insane? As I prayed, I believed that other Christians would be praying for me. This is what I prayed to the Lord in prison. God have mercy on us. Save my young children and my family. 
Let this prison become a church one day so that it can be a place of worship for you. I praise my beloved Jesus who answered my prayer and freed me from the handcuffs and opened the prison doors. Millions of courageous Christians are paying the cost of following Christ. Open Doors works with local church partners in over 60 countries around the world to provide long-term support and bring them hope. Our underground networks smuggle Bibles and literature, offer legal advice, train church leaders and other Christians, and provide vital practical aid. In North Korea, your support is keeping 60,000 believers alive with food, medicine and clothing. You can keep hope alive for your persecuted family. Join the secret network today and start bringing hope to Christians in the darkest, most dangerous places on earth. Amen. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 to 10. It says this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Now this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Paul, who used to be a persecutor of the church, He's had that incredible experience on the road to Damascus where Jesus, where God reveals himself to him and, and, and now he's following Jesus and he's now being persecuted. And he writes to the church and uh, he, he, he says, we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed. I, I don't know about you, but Brexit perplexes me. I don't know. Perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I am so glad that Paul used those two small little words, but not. But not. And the incredible thing is, you know, as we visit our brothers and sisters around the world, you discover that there is a but not for them. And the good news is I want to encourage you this morning here at Solihull Christian Fellowship, whatever you're going through, and I'm sure there were real struggles and real things that we're all going through, there's a but not for you this morning. Do you believe that? Fantastic. Colossians 4 says this is again Paul writing to the church in Colossae. And he says this, do you know what? I was praying what verse, what ought to bring to you this morning. And this is the passage that God led me to. Colossians 4, verse 2 says this, devote yourselves to prayer. Now, I know you're a praying church. I know that. But I just believe God wants to encourage us at this time to devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful 
Now, what does that mean, being watchful and thankful? Now, I can understand for our brothers and sisters around the world who are always having to keep watch out to see who's after them. I can understand them being, but what does it mean for us here in, in the UK, here in Birmingham? What does it mean for us to be watchful? Well, I, I believe part of that being watchful is keeping our focus on Jesus. Not being distracted by the things around us. Keeping our focus on him. Because God helps us to see not just the seen, but the unseen. The Bible talks about the things that are seen with our normal eyes are temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. And I believe that God is wanting to, as we devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful. It's about him giving us his perspective. Him helping us to see the unseen, the things that are eternal. And I I just sense that God wants to do that afresh for us and for you. For you to see the things that he sees, to see things the way he sees them. And it could be, you know, that you've tried, you think, oh, you, do you know what, Andy, we've, we've tried so many things. We've, we've, it, do, you remember the, do you remember the disciples that were fishing all night and caught nothing? Jesus said, go out, cast the nets on the other side, and what do they get? A massive catch. But they must have thought, Jesus, we've done this, we've tried this, nothing really happened. I, I have a sense that God is wanting us, as we devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, that he's going to show us things that we might think, oh, we've already tried that. But actually, if we're obedient to the things that he's called us to do and the things that he says to us, that we will see a fruit, we'll see a harvest. So devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Thankful. Do you know, we had Hei Wu from uh, North Korea with us last year. And I don't know if you had the privilege of meeting her. She was uh, in many um, festivals last year. She was at Spring Harvest and New Wine. And uh, she spoke in many places and told her incredible story of being in a labor camp, uh, of her husband being killed for his faith in Jesus, uh, of God miraculously helping her to, to escape from the labor camp and actually escape from North Korea. But at the end of her time with us, Eddie Lyle, one of my colleagues, I'm sure you, many of you would have met him or heard of him, he, he said to Heiwu, is there anything you sense God is saying to us here in the church, to the church in the UK? And she said this, and I'm going to read it because I don't want to, to misquote her. She said, cultivate, she said she believes the church in the UK needs to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. We need to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. That's coming from the persecuted church. And we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? But I don't know about you. I know in my own life I can be so quick to complain. I can be so quick to moan. But God wants us to cultivate that spirit of Thankfulness, being thankful to God for who he is. Being thankful to God for what he's done for us. For what we have in him. So being watchful and thankful. Then Paul goes on to say, and pray for us too. Now, I just need to 
just think about this for a minute. Paul is in prison, in chains, and he's writing to the church. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was writing to the church and I was in prison, um, probably in, in those times in the prison he was in, I would imagine in pretty horrendous situation. He was probably chained to a wall. He's probably regularly beaten, not given much food to eat or, or things to drink. There would probably be rats running around. It'd be a pretty horrible place to be. And if I was writing a letter to the church, I think my letter would go something like, please pray that God will get me out of here. This is horrible. It stinks. It's just terrible. Pray that God gets me out. But what does Paul write? He says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Now, I don't hear one moan or complaint there, do you? In fact, if you read all the letters of Paul that he wrote from prison, I don't hear once him complaining. He's pr- he says, pray that a door would be opened, that God will open the door for the message. He's always looking for an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel, even in chains in prison. And if he can do that there, can we do that here? I'm sure we can. We just need to be a little bit more more braver, I think, in the way that we live our lives. I want to share a few stories because, you know know what, traveling around the, the world and meeting some of the Christians in some of those 50 countries, you discover that actually many of them are, are the same as Paul. They don't complain. In fact, I've seen, when I'm with our brothers and sisters in some of these countries, they, are, they radiate joy. And they radiate a sense of, they know their father. And, and there's a sense of, of hey, you know, don't, don't pray for me. It's not poor old me. It's pray that God will give us the strength to stand in this. This is um, Elias from Aleppo in Syria. I, I heard you saw the video last week of um, Pastor Abdullah. Now, Elias is part of Pastor Abdullah's church in Aleppo. And um, he was here in Birmingham last week. I don't know if any of you were able to come to Standing Strong. Uh, and you'd, if you were, you would have met him. And I, I just spent the week with him and just had an incredible time hearing some of his stories. But one of the things he shared last week was he talked about um, during the war... They were worshipping in their church. Now their church was on the bottom floor and there were kind of flats and offices and other things above the actual um, the, the church that they were meeting in. But he says as they were worshipping, he says there were several times when shells, when bombshells were landing on the building that they were worshipping in. And what did they do? Did they go into a state of panic and run and try to... No. Do you know what they did? They worshipped. They worship God. And they said, hey, whether we worship you here on earth or whether we worship you in heaven, we're just going to continue to worship you. Isn't that incredible? In those kind of situations, in those kind of circumstances, he was sharing that 80% of the church in Syria has left. They've sought refuge in other countries. But you know what the great news is? That those empty seats aren't empty seats. People have come in and have given their life to Jesus, many of them from a Muslim 
background, which is incredible, isn't it? Many church leaders in Syria are being abducted. Even, even last week, we heard of two church leaders that have been abducted. But they refuse to deny Jesus. They refuse to quit. They keep going. And it's fantastic. I want to show you, um, if you go on to the next slide, this is what a pastor in Syria, in fact, Abdullah, this is what he said to us. He said, please don't pray for us because I can guarantee you will pray the wrong things. Please don't pray for safety. Please don't pray that persecution will cease. Alternatively, pray with us. We are praying for Syria to be saved. We are praying God will draw millions to his side. We are praying his light would be brightest. We are praying that we might be bold and courageous. We pray that when persecution comes, and it will come, that we will not run away or hide, but that we would be faithful even if it costs our lives. It's a pastor in Syria is so devoted to Jesus. He says, don't pray with, for us. Pray with us and this is how we want you to pray. And I know that you're a praying church and you pray for your brothers and sisters. So please pray for them. Not, not that persecution will cease because the Bible promises it. Pray that they'll have the strength to remain strong. And pray that also that we will learn what it really means to follow Jesus as we see them. I just want to show a short video um, from Aleppo, also in Pastor Abdullah's church, called Gina, who just tells us her story. تبطت بسنة 2011 وتجوز كمان بسنة 2011 وولدت ابني ب 2012 وخطف جوزي ب 2013 أبو أبو حبيبي يا لأم أبو أم لأن أنا أرضي صحيح أنا وأنت أم نعم بالمولود مع الأبو لما خلق إنه هو صبي انبسطنا كثير كثير هلا هو أحلام أنا وجوزي كانت إنه شلون إنه نأسس بيت ملك لنا وثاني شغلة إنه نربي ابننا على تربية صالحة هذا هو بس حلمنا كان شلون يعني هو كان جوزي نمشي عند رزق الله مرضى عند قطعة تبديل صناعية 
يجيب لهم مصاري من القامش لمليون ليره يعني بس هو كان ارمني مسيحي الباقي كلهم اسلام الشغيله اللي عنده قام قال القصه انه عبول له بدك تسلم لروبير روبير يقول لهم روبير يقول لهم لا انا ما عندي غير الله وبس جوزي طلع وراح ما رجع صعب تربية الصبي الحالي كثير صعب صار العالم شو بقول لي روح اشتغلي روح اشتغلي وين روح انا اشتغل وين بعرف ابني هلا بصراحة انا بستلم المعونة من الراعي الصالح بس كل شهرين ونص مرة وحدة باخذها هي اول شيء ثاني شغلة حق المازوت اخذته من عند اخت اغنى عطتني مصاري سبعة وثلاثين الف وخمسمية هيك صرموني هيك ظلموني كثير 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 تأنصني إذا الكنيسة ما ساعدتني كثير تأنصني أفرحوا بمدارس الأحاد بيقول لي ماما إما بدي يصير يوم الجمعة بدي أروح على مدرسة الأحاد بقول لهم مشان شو بيقول لي مشان أتعلم عن يسوع بيروح كتير بينبسط كتير 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 بينبسط هوني كمع أخت أغنى Well, with a few minutes I have left, just share a couple of other places I've been to recently. This is Egypt, and uh, we took a group, uh, a few church leaders out to go and visit our brothers and sisters in Egypt this year. And um, the guy in the middle with the white hair and the blue t-shirt, he's a leader of a church in part of Egypt. And he was just sharing with us that two days before we saw him, he went out to his car, was about to get into his car as he normally does every day. And he saw a, a wire hanging down, a little wire hanging down beneath his... He, he, he said, there's no way I should have seen it. But he, he just saw it. And he looked under and noticed that a car bomb had been put on in his, in his car. He said, I was seconds away from, from being promoted to glory. And he said that wouldn't have worried him, but he said he believes that God's kept him here because he has more for him to do. And he says, I'll continue serving God for as long as he keeps me alive. And we had the privilege of, of praying uh, with him. To go on to the next slide. This is, um, do you, I don't know if you remember these scenes in, in Libya when the Coptic Egyptians were um, killed on the beach. Do you remember? Several years ago. 
And um, we had the privilege while we were there of meeting um, a mother of one of the um, men that were killed on the beach um, by ISIS. And uh, she, as she was telling us her story and telling us about her son, the church leaders I were with, I saw them, they, were just, they just started crying. And um, as they did, this mother went over to them and just started to comfort them. And I, I was there thinking, what's going on here? You know, we've come to, to Egypt to come and stand with our brothers and sisters. And they're standing with us, comforting us. There's a two-way thing that goes on here when you meet them. And she goes on to tell us that she said, I'm proud of my son. I'm proud that he refused to deny his faith in Jesus. She said, what more could I ask for? He's now in the safest, in the most amazing, incredible place he could ever be. And I'm proud of him. What a lovely, beautiful heart and response to that. And she then went on to say, and I forgive the men who did what they did to my, to my son. There was no sense of, of her being in, remor- in, in kind of anger towards those people. She was free. She was free. And it was just beautiful to see. The last person I want to share with you, if you go on to the next slide, is, uh, and again, uh, this is a lady called uh, Leah Sharabu, who we've spent a lot of time uh, praying for her uh, in the office at Open Doors. Particularly this year, as we've had a bit of a focus on, we recognise that in many countries that women are doubly vulnerable, partly because of, of it's hard for women in some of these countries to be free as women, but also as a Christian, they're doubly vulnerable. Leah Sharabu was 15. Uh, in 2018 when she and her friends were abducted um, in her class in Nigeria by Boko Haram. They came and took all the girls, about 100 girls, and they were all taken because they were women. But all the other girls were released because they said that they were Muslim. Leah Sharabu refused to deny her faith in Jesus at 15 years old and she's the only one who's still kept in captivity out of those hundred girls because she refused to deny her faith in Jesus. And we're praying for her. We have very good reason to believe that she's still alive. And um, I really encourage you to, if you, you can remember, to pray for Le- Leah Sharabu. In fact, on the, 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 the article we gave to the Um, in Parliament, the the big one. Her picture is on the front and her story is on the inside cover. So you can take one of those if you want to remember her. But incredible woman of God, at the age of 15, willing to make that kind of stand for Jesus. And And I don't know what that does to you. I know what that does to me. For me, it makes me say, God, help me to become a bit more courageous in the freedom, in the way that I live out my life here in the UK so that I can be as brave as Leah Sharabu and stand for you in those times when it could be difficult, it could be tough. Give me the strength to do that. I, I think I shared a story last time I came of a, of a man called Bahia, if you remember that, who ended up in prison for his faith in Turkmenistan. 
was beaten and put in an electric chair five times, lots of other things. But I said to him, could I share your story when I go to church? And he said, yeah, of course you can. But he asked me to make him a promise. And he said, whenever you tell my story, tell them this. He said, if I had to go through all that suffering again, I would. Because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it, friends. Let's never, ever give up following Jesus because he's worth it. And you know what? All our brothers and sisters, they're looking to that day when they, are, when they face the Father. And you know, we need to have our sights on that day when we face our Heavenly Father. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm sure we all want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I thank you for the freedom we have. Thank you, God, for the way that we are able to meet in freedom like this, that we're able to freely pick up a Bible and read your word. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege we have. Father, I pray that you'll help us to continue to remember our brothers and sisters around the world. We thank you for them and the way that they, the way they show what it really means to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you. And Jesus, I want to pray for the church here. Pray for Solihull Christian Fellowship that you would, for each one of us, you would help us to be a little bit more courageous and bold in the way we live out our lives for you. Help us never to deny you. And for our brothers and sisters, many of whom are in prison or their lives are at stake, Lord, we, we ask you to, to be with them afresh today. Would you strengthen them today? Would you give them courage and boldness to stand and to not give up? Let them know, Lord, that they are not alone, that they have brothers and sisters around the world who are praying for them today. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Oh,